podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Disnomics Podcast, episode 62. As per, we like to give a shout out to those who listened to the previous episode, episode 61 of my boy Mario. We discussed Raheem Sterling and the everlasting media agenda against him, which kind of developed to us talking about our experiences and how we're viewed in society as young black men. We talk about workplace politics, all that type of stuff, as well as some lighthearted social commentary on Pushy T and Drake. So make sure you check that out a bit different in terms of episode content. However, this week, a bit more serious. I am joined by one of my friends. She is, in fact, a police constable. She was doing that for two years, um, a young black woman. So it's very interesting to get her insight. Some of us may not have the most warm views of the police. I'm one of them due to my personal experiences and those around me, call that irrational, if you will. But I think it's very, very important that we have people from our community, I'm talking black and ethnic minorities, who work within institutions like this because we can't expect any sort of change in attitudes towards us if we're not involved in those who carry out the actions, decision-making, etc. So we discussed how it's like working there as a woman as well as an ethnic minority. Of course, she's black. Police attitudes to gang culture, stop and search. Is there going to be any changes in strategy? We discuss also um, what is quite touching to quite a lot of women across across the land, in fact, probably across the world, how to deal with sexual assault and why does it seem like the police do not care or can't do anything about it. So please go easy on her if you're one of those anti-police, F-fed type people and listen to the podcast. But anyway, thank you. Let's go. Hi, it's MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's lit. It's lit. It's lit. Okay, cool. I'm joined by PC Anon. Hello. Okay, PC Plod. You on it, dear? <laughs> All right, cool. So, are you scared? Just a little bit. That one of your colleagues is going to find you and snitch on you. I'll deny it. I'll deny it. I think you should be scared. I'm not scared. I'll be scared about it. Fear no one but God. That's a lie. <laughs> You're scared of perfect. Anyway. Okay, cool. So, how long have you been... Okay, it's a bit mad because obviously you have to stay, to stay anonymous. Up. Yeah, all right, cool. So I'll tell the people that you're six foot eight. Basically, <laughs> slim build, blue eyes, Some blonde hair. hair. Okay, best yeah. self hate. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So you're a woman, right? Yes, that's correct. Sure. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> okay, no, okay, no, I'll be serious. I'll be serious. Okay, cool. So. <laughs> okay, we gotta start there. Okay, cool. So, how long have you been? Fact, no. When did you decide mm-hmm. that you wanted to be part of the police force? At what age would you say? Well, I think like from when I was like really young. When I was young, I wanted to be a spy. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna like be a possible. Basically, but before even Kim Possible came out, I always wanted to be a spy. And then, like, I thought realistically, I'm not gonna ever get in. Then I thought, like, why is it not realistic? Because I'm, I'm a coward. I can't, I can't be a spy. Undercover's too much for me. <laughs> no, but then, like, as I grew up, obviously, I like to, like... I don't know, I just like to pretend to be a detective and stuff like that. And then, you say pretend? Is that at school, at home, or like, outside? From at school, like, books that I used to read. Like, my mum used to read me Sherlock and things like that. So, like, from those kind of things, like, I always wanted to be a police or some sort of detective line. When you say school, is that 
infant primary or secondary school i'd say like from infant infant oh. school i was like I was only a black kid, so people used to come to me with their problems. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but like I used to be the problem solver and like find solutions. And I feel like that all like all plays into what I wanted to be. So anyway, like, yeah, so growing up I always wanted to be in the police, like from TV shows to just books that I used to read. But then obviously I come from a West Indian background, so from young, like my family drilled it into me that the police are not your friend, don't trust them, mm-hmm. you're not you're not like they kind of saw like my kind of dream not in a sad way but like as a joke like mm. you but it's like it's banned so it's not like you're not going to do it like you're not going to get far so then i was still like i still had the desire but like i kind of had to like keep it quiet because i felt like i didn't really want to upset my family and then i remember like university times now i got into the uni i wanted to do and i picked criminology criminal justice and policing and at first my mum was just like no you need to do something like finance or business like all estonian parents know it's business that's it business (laughs) management so then you can own your business so then i had to like persuade them that like yeah i want to do criminology like i want to take this seriously they were like why can't you be a lawyer i was like i don't really want to be a lawyer like they're both lawyers and so i feel like they kind of wanted me to go down that path but i wanted to go be on the other side to what they do if that makes sense yeah it does so yeah so when I went to uni I was just like right I'm doing it so after when I graduated and stuff like that how long ago was that? I graduated in 2015 2015 okay it was it wasn't the smoothest ride so anyway after that I graduated and my my dad was just like you know I'll take my hat off to you like I appreciate what you've done I'm going to support you all the way and obviously now I still get jokes like when I come down the stairs my family like oh here comes the bacon or like when you go to barbecue like, <laughs> people want to like kick off and make jokes and say like you're an informer this and that dead oh you're so annoying <laughs> <laughs> but like things like that like I just I just because it's my family you just brush it off because like it's all love at the end of the day and they all know why I joined the police like it wasn't just the desire there was a bigger meaning for me like as I grew older I educated myself more on race like my dad always brought me up to like have the perception basically you are a young black woman and you're going to work twice as hard as your counterparts Mm. and that was sort of drilled in for me from young so for me like growing up my granddad came over during the wind rush and his stories of police it's just horrific like some Mm. of the things that he went went through I can't imagine and that kind of hate and anger that he had which I can understand because of what he went through it was transferred onto us like my dad was the same, he grew up in Brixton, he's seen things and he's experienced things and it's just been that kind of like, that sort of like dislike has just been passed down. So yeah, then basically in my head, I kind of felt like us as the black community, we're leaving our fate in the hands of a racist. These are all, by the way, these are all my opinions before I joined the police. So I felt like how like, it doesn't make sense. I've never heard of anyone going up to a racist and say, hey, Mr. Racist, can you stop being racist towards me? Don't get me wrong, we've been protesting. We've been screaming, the police are racist since the Windrush, Stephen Lawrence, Mark Duggan, like it goes on and we keep protesting. But when it, do you get, like, in my head, I just thought, when, when do we get to the point where we take our destiny into our own hands? Mm. And at the end of the day, I know I'm only one person. I'm not saying, oh, I'm gonna change everything for the black community, but I feel like change happens in steps and I'm just one step and I'm, I'm sure that in the next few years there's going to be many to join but it's just getting over that sort of stigma that that we have and it's not to say like I don't understand people's dislike for the police 100% I do like 
like I said, I've got a family who talk about all their stories and stuff like that, even to this day. And I just feel like, I feel, I feel so, I feel like it's just literally, it's beyond unfair. You just have that anger and that sort of feeling that you can't do anything, helplessness. But then I realised that we can. I feel like more black people should join the police. What do you think? Um, I can't lie. Um, I think when it comes to the police, mm. it's one of my more irrational views. And I can admit when I'm being more irrational, I don't like the police, never have liked police. Fuck um, feds, yeah. Huh? Um, I don't swear about their feds, especially PC and on. Um, yeah, I've, all, I've always, I've always had terrible experiences with the police. Always, no matter what I'm wearing, I've been stops and searching all types of attire. Whether I'm wearing a suit, whether I'm wearing a suit with a with a jacket and a briefcase, whether I'm wearing a tracksuit, whether I'm wearing a shirt and jeans, t-shirt and jeans, slippers. I've been stops, told the same old stuff. Sometimes I get get rudeness and they try to move a bit rough, but me, I get rudeness back. <laughs> and then if they, and the one I thought I was wasting my time, please believe I waste theirs. So I've been a bit like, I've had a policeman point a gun to my face after searching me, because apparently I was a threat to him. But you search me and you've got the gun and I haven't, but. Is that in London? Birmingham. Okay, that's. So what, so. so that's, that's a different force, mate. Oh, I'm part of them That's slightly different. Yeah, but, um, and also when obviously when I see like the figures for terms of stop and search and I've seen like cases like Ramon Charles and Mark Duggan and Yasser Yaqib, it doesn't really fill me with much confidence. Yeah. But um, obviously you, I'm assuming you have more information than I do. Well, I would like to hope so since you weren't there. But back to you. So you've been, how long have you been in the police force? Um, I'd say nearly two years. You're saying nearly two years. Okay, yeah. Cool. Okay, I'm gonna ask you some questions a bit more. Oh, Rashawn Charles. Sorry. Thank you. You're welcome. Wow, I've said Ramon. Mad racist. <laughs> but um, how has it been a woman in the police force? And how would you say? Let me ask you a question. Would you say women are treated differently? If so, how would you say there's a glass ceiling for women? Would you say women have to act in a certain manner? Or is it more exaggerated? What are your thoughts from your ex- and this is obviously from your experiences? From my experience, like I think majority of the people I've come across realise that it's twenty eighteen and that there is no real difference between men and women. So men and women are treated exactly the same. They won't like it's not that there's none of this, oh we're not gonna put two females out together or we're not like they have to be with a male, like Two, I, I've been out with um, a girl before and it's just been us. I've been out with a guy before. Like, they don't care. Like, mm. you're treated the same. And I think that's how it should be. Because at the end of the day, if something kicks off, if something kicks off, you just need to make sure that you trust the person that you're with and that, like, you, they have your back. And I don't feel like gender can stop that. So I, my personal experience, I haven't felt like anyone's treated me any differently because I'm female. I feel like you do get some people when you come across the, like as like when you come across the street like people who call the police and then you turn up and they see that you're a female obviously some people will say some like nasty kind of disturbing creepy things to you just to sort like. of like like kind of pervy things like I've I've had someone tell me that they're gonna rape me and stuff like that like things like that but then I feel like that's just people picking on a weak spot like yeah. they they're just trying to test you and as long as like I was brought up don't show any like don't show any signs of weakness to your enemy. So I would never like be upset about those things, really. I think that I find them more irritating, but I can understand if anyone was upset about some of the things that people say. Or you get like people a bit shocked that like 
your two females they're like oh where's the muscle like implying that men need to come along as with you and you just think to yourself like get over it mm. but yeah it's life but within the force i don't feel like anyone's treated me any differently because of my gender okay no. cool what about ethnicity <sighs> no <laughs> Do you know what it is? Um, I think in any organisation you work in, whether it be the Met, whether it be in a creative organisation, you, as, if you're a minority, you are going to get some weird things happening, like in terms of stereotypes or comments, or sometimes it's just, you know, it's just stupidity or not stupidity, it's lack of, some people don't, you can tell some people haven't had any like integration with anyone other than their own ethnicity. So mm-hmm. they don't really have much knowledge on like your background, your culture, unless it's w- from what they see on TV of stereotypical things like that. So like, obviously sometimes I do get people going, mm-hmm, sister. And I'm just like, mm, right, That's okay. mad. Especially when I talk like this, like I just feel like, I've never, you've never heard me say, mm-hmm, definitely, sister. You're definitely talking like you're from a Sunderland. I don't want to talk to you anymore, please. <laughs> I don't have to, <laughs> But like, you do get some people, I know they're not meaning it to be like malicious, but for them, that's like that's. Like, I think that's how they feel like a way to communicate or like to break the barrier. But it does get to the point where it's just like. Do you ever like G check them? Oh yeah, I, I'm not. I'd be wrong to say if I haven't done stereotypical things back to other people just to shock them, just so like they know how I feel. Oh okay, yeah. So, but I feel like that's one thing in the police. Oh my gosh, the way you're drinking that drink is upsetting me. Don't Sorry. 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 You're a flipping snitch. <laughs> Peace but, go on. I can't forget what I was going to say. Um, We're talking about um, when you do the things back to them. Oh, yeah. Right. I feel like when someone does something to upset you, you can report it, you can do something like that, but I'd rather like educate a person. I'd rather do it back to them, not all the time, but in certain situations and depending on the person, I'd rather do it back to them to shock them and then explain to them afterwards why I feel like they shouldn't have done it in the beginning. And then you both leave on good terms. So like, yeah, when people do that, mm-hmm, girl, and stuff like that, I'm just like, right, okay. But if you do something back to them and then explain afterwards why you don't like it, or you don't even have to do anything back to them, but if you just explain to them from the beginning, like why it's not maybe acceptable, I think most people get it. Well, in the experience I've had, everyone seemed to have got it. Yeah. So as long as it's not done out of like someone being malicious, then I haven't got a problem. If it's like an area where I can educate someone, then yeah, 100%. Okay, cool. In terms of like in the police force you've worked in and ones you've been privy to, do you see, is there quite a lot of ethnic minorities? Mm, do you know what? It's really sad because like there's not enough black people. Like I'm so happy. Like when I did my training, I didn't realize how many Asian people were in the police and I thought it's such a good thing to see. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like we need to kick out all the white people, not at all. But I'm saying it's nice to see like your police force represent the community. Yeah. And it's nice to see a diverse mix because you learn from each other. So I was really happy and pleased to see those Asian people. But at the same time, like, you know, when you go into, I don't know, like when I go to a room and I know there's going to be a lot of white people, I always automatically or like, not even a lot of white people, just I know there's going to be a, a, a lot of, uh, I know there's going to be very little black people present. I always Not start like, black people present. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> See, I'm tongue-tied. <laughs> Let me live my life. Yeah. Like, you know, when you just like go into a room and you start counting the black people in your hand and yeah. stuff like that. Like, I've done that a few times and I've been like really upset. Like in my intake, I think there was about 200 people. What's that intake? My intake. So mm. at the same time I joined 200, like 199 other people joined with me. Mm. 
So then, like, in that intake, I remember we're all sitting in a hall and I'm looking around thinking, right, let's begin the game. And I think I counted, like, maybe, like, 11 people. So I'm like... Yeah, and I just thought to myself... So 5% of your intake. I just thought, like, this is really sad. Like, it is really sad because it's just, like... And out of, the, out of those people, I think there was about three, three black females and I'm included. So you just make, it just makes you think to yourself, like, this. we've still got a long way to go at the end of the day. We've got a long way to go, but... I'm not going to be disheartened. We're going to get there eventually, but it would be it would be so great to see like more black people in the force, especially like when you're deployed to boroughs that are predominantly of like black backgrounds. So it makes more sense to have um and people representing the yeah. people they come to see. Okay, cool. Okay, that's that. Okay, let's talk about. I've had two podcasts on gang culture. Have you listened to any of them? Yeah. Oh, you're lit. Um, <laughs> And so we've um, so do you listen to one with the with those four guys? Yeah. Okay, cool. So you've heard like our views on what what's going on, why um, attitudes towards police, and I'm pretty sure you've seen it on your social medias from school, your area, and whatnot. Mm. Um, so, what are the coming from like? The, I'm gonna ask you two questions. Well, the, one question, but from two different points of view. Okay. So, what are the attitudes towards like the gang culture? situation especially in london yeah because obviously you work in london mm-hmm. one from like like people in and around your team so like how do they see these young men and young women involved do they see them as criminals do they see them as unfortunate kids or is it is there and to be honest as well is there like element of like racial prejudice going on and how do the people who like i'm not sure who the big the big the big dons are the people who make strategy the people mm. who make like i call we're gonna do this and that like how do they view it Right, I'm not gonna lie. You're gonna have to repeat some of those questions eventually. Okay, but cool. I'll, I'll, no, but I'll answer what I remember. No, no, you're just gonna. I know you're just on the jazz. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, ask this question first. Yeah, <laughs> you know you're on the jazz as well. That's why you're laughing. Um, so PC and on. So the people like that you'll see like on, on your teams and stuff. What are their attitudes towards the young men or women involved and and for that fall victim into in, in terms of gang culture in London? Do they see them as? Oh, unfortunate kids they see them as like okay cool these are kids that need to be dealt with what's the attitude is there, and is there any sort of racial prejudice going on to tell the truth um so in terms of people's perceptions i'd say it does depend on the individual and the situation in terms of like the actual if we're talking about gangs let's mm. say the gang member then like it depends on that individual gang member mm. um in some cases, a lot of us just feel sorry for these kids because they've experienced a completely different life to what they should do at this age. Like they've experienced more than some of like, like some like they experienced more than me or like some of my older colleagues. Like some of them experienced like so much death, and it's just like I've I haven't even lost I've never lost a friend. Mm. So for to meet someone who's like half like half my age. And he's lost about like three friends in one summer. I just think that's crazy. How do you, when 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 do you have the chance to grieve? Because you're always looking over your shoulder. So when do you get that opportunity? And they're filled with so much rage. In most cases, I think it's it's just sad. Like, and I feel like most people like in the like force do believe it's sad. Well, I can only talk to about. On, I can't really talk about on other people's opinions. But from what I gather from the people that I work with closely, most of them just feel like. It's just a, a cruel ongoing cycle. It just goes round and round and round. However, you do get some people who do 
show that maybe an opposite opinion along the lines of possibly like they don't feel any sympathies because I hate the saying that people that some people have it's like everyone's dealt the same cards in life I think that's so wrong because not everyone has dealt the same cards in life mm. at all I feel like your environment environment pace um part your your like family everything all those things contribute and like regardless someone someone who's um I don't even know what I'm gonna say now oh, anyway so anyway I'll go back to it yeah so I don't feel like you were dealt the same cards in life and I feel like some people in the um, force have that perception that you are. So therefore they feel like, well, we're all born the same. So how comes they turned out like that? And I just feel like, well, there's many reasons why they turned out like that, mate. They're living in poverty. Mm. They haven't got the financial status that you may have had grown up with. They haven't got the parents that you may have had. Not even that, they haven't got the friends that you may have had to keep them in check or things like that. There's so many conflicting factors that intervene with someone's upbringing and how they cut and how they end up. So I feel like you do get some people that have that perception that like, well, they chose this life, well, go and live it. And it's just like, oh, like, it's, it's, just, it, it's just frustrating because you know, when you try and when you try and say look like that's not the case they just don't get it i feel like yes that's always you're always going to have conflicting opinions about this but i will say most of those people who do have those opinions don't live in london or yeah well they've moved from out of the london okay that so makes sense. yeah they've moved and also london. um my second question is that within the force is like gang culture a big priority is that something that is excuse me quite heavily focused on um, I think it depends on your borough because obviously London's split up into different boroughs yes. and not every borough has gangs as a pr issue at all. So for some boroughs, it's just burglary. Yeah. So for other boroughs, it's like domestics. But obviously the borough that I work, one of our biggest issues is gangs. So it is a priority. So that being said, I don't, I feel like, I feel like more resources are put into tackling gangs Actually, no, I'm not going to say more resources, but I feel like gangs, the issue of gangs is not overlooked at all. Okay. I think it's like, it's got enough resources, but that it can actually have at the moment in time. Obviously a lot more funding is needed, but for the time being, I think they're doing well with what they can do okay, and cool. what they have. Um, my next question is, not only being black, but also being a woman, when you are, let's say on call outs or when you're on the, on the roads, not on the road. On the road. Right? It's not on the road because oh, you're not on the road. I don't know which speak this is. <laughs> when, you're on the, when you're on the streets of of London uh -huh. and you're speaking to these, and thinking of these young men and women, uh -huh. how do they receive you as a black police officer? Um, do you know what? Most people, like, I'm someone that, like, I will try, my aim is to, like, regardless if whatever goes down, I'm always going to make sure that we leave on a positive note, that there's no bad blood between us. And I say, I know it sounds a bit funny, but like, even if like I'm arresting you, I'm gonna make sure like, depending on the situation, <laughs> that you can never say, oh, this officer didn't treat me correctly because I'm gonna still give you the respect as a human, because yeah. obviously innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. So I'm still gonna get, I, I, my basically intention is to leave you on a good note. So I've never really had a problem with like the, I would say black youths. I feel like I can talk to them and they can talk to me and it'll be fine. And it's like quite calm. like. I don't feel like I have to pretend to be something and they don't have to pretend to be something. I'm quite open. I've never had an issue. No one's ever kicked off with me and no one's ever like been negative towards me. And that's, I'm, I'm talking about, that's the black youth. Yeah. Um, some obviously black older generation, like I've, 
I've had people look past me and call me like a snake or a sellout. Oh, that's, that's kind of kind of tough. Do you know what? When in the beginning, in the beginning, I proper was like, I was proper heartbroken. I used to text my mum. This woman just called me like, and the thing is, like, you like, just from looking at the person, hearing that accent, you, they're from West Indian background, so she's own. What's well, my own saying? Oh, so, no sell out. So, no Nigerians are. Pardon? No Nigerians. Huh? No Nigerians. Pardon? No Nigerians. Okay. Anyway, so it's. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, um, no, it's, to be honest, it's, it's mainly being like. Mainly with Caribbean people, yeah. But I can, but I can't get mad at them because I can understand yeah. their background. Like, especially in the bar that I work in, it's got a, it's got a history in the past in terms of police and the black community, which is quite bad. So I can understand those people have lived there through that time. They're still here today, so they they don't really feel like nothing's changed. They don't really think anything's changed, or mm. the negative is still stuck in their head. And I can understand that. So I'm not going to be like, oh, don't you dare call me that. Sometimes I do say like. I do stop and talk and try and change their perception and tell them why I've joined the actual police. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not everyone has the time of day, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah especially so, Pardon? Huh? Oh, <laughs> so sometimes it's just like, you just have to try your best. So I do get that. But then like, sometimes you get people like, who are not black telling you to get out of the country or like, you don't belong here. And I just think to myself, I pay taxes, bit. I don't really let that stuff like, get to me because I just think like, I've got, I've got a thick skin, so I just feel like that things like that don't really affect me. It's just your ignorance. But um, I think there's only been one incident where, like, I was—I felt like I was really pushed to the edge and took a lot of prayers, like gritting my teeth and just really trying to keep it together. That, like, I think um, this woman, it, there was an incident which resulted in her having to be arrested. And um, in the beginning, she was fine with me. Like, we, we both had an understanding. Like, I was pleasant respectful to her like as, you, as I always am to be honest but really? like I don't know why I did that but like yeah, you are quite I was um, like yeah like I said I was respectful to her blah 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 and then it just like a, a finger sna- snapped and she just started it just became from started off as you black bitch to all the way Bloody to like calling hell. me like the n-word but continuously what hard n-word like hard That's like she called, she called my mum my sister everyone it got like and it got to the point where I like my colleague was like, obviously we're telling her to shut up and stuff like that. Not not saying shut up in those words, but like we're telling her like, yeah, don't like, don't say those things and things like that. You don't do them things. However, like obviously she's continuing, she's going on, she's she's drunk as well. I'm not saying that being drunk is an excuse. Cause I feel like when you're drunk, that's when the truth comes out. What people really think. So, like, so she was going on and on. Um, in the end, um, my colleague further arrested her for like um, section four racial and religious public order because of the things she was saying. And I just felt like in that period, in that moment, like I've never been so pushed to the edge. Like I, like if I wasn't wearing the uniform, 100% I would have headbutted her. <laughs> I felt so, I felt some deep like urge, like honestly, I was just pushing back so much like anger. And I just thought to myself, this is really like God's, like this is God's testimony. Look at me. I didn't even like kick off. Like there was nothing like, I just kept it calm, kept it classy. Afterwards, yeah. called my mum and cussed her out because I was really stressed at that point. But I was happy and pleased because even though we arrested her for that incident, the original incident she was arrested for got dropped, but because of all that racial abuse that was actually charged and they took it to the courts. And so now, as far as I'm aware, pretty lady is still doing um, community service. Oh, okay, so I was a bit surprised by that outcome because I didn't really think it would go anywhere, but I'm pleased at the same time. Okay, cool. Um, the last question I'd like to ask mm. on this topic. Um, actually, is it the last question? No, two questions. 
Um, one, obviously we've seen an increase in reporting of the crimes that have happened this year in terms of knife crimes and young people mm-hmm. in London suffering from it. Um, I, I looked at the data and, and it showed like a, a spike in knife crime from like 2016 up to now. Mm-hmm. Obviously you're like on the, on the ground. So would you, do you feel like it's been, there's been like an increase this year? Do you feel like it's been a bit mad this year? 100%. Yeah, cause, cause, cause people, cause like people are trying to argue me say it's not true, but I think no, I think like it, I think people like don't realize that just because most of the stabbings that come out are the ones that have resulted in death. Yes. People don't hear about the ones that happen like day in day out where they haven't resulted in death, mm. and they've, it's just been like someone's been stabbed and unfortunately they've made it. But mm. that, that doesn't really get covered media coverage as much as the ones that happen like result in death. So I don't feel like for any like I feel like. If anything, I feel like the situation is just has just escalated. It's it really is tit for tat. Like I've got you, then I'm gonna get you back, and this, it continues. Is there is, is there um like um in the force and stuff on the or maybe your personal opinion? Is there any reason why there's been like this recent spike? Cause it just I think or does nobody really know yet? Do you know it is? I think what can I say I think it's a multi-agency approach that needs to be taken it's not just the police I feel like as a police officer my opinion, personal opinion is we clear up the mess after it's happened mm. it's very like rare people and when people like say oh someone's about to get stabbed and when they do it's very vague and it's normally from passers-by so the information maybe not be that great and might, not saying it's not reliable but it's not a lot to work on so by, by the time you're working out like what's actually going on, the incident could have already happened. People mm. who are actually committing, who are actually committing the offences, obviously they're not reporting it. Mm. But those who are maybe like, for example, say if you were out with your friend and you saw another group of boys and they had a knife and you felt like they were going to stab your friend, mm. as your, as the friend, would you call the police saying, "Look, I think my boy's going to get like stabbed"? Me personally, no. Exactly. That doesn't happen enough, obviously. And for obvious reasons, people don't want to incriminate themselves. They don't want to get in trouble and things like that. Yeah. But um, in terms of like why it's so like happening so more, I feel like the youth of today are just, they're not, they're not how we were when we were growing up. There's so much technology. They've got so much access to so many different things. I feel like it's a complete different ball game. I don't feel like no matter how many youth clubs you put up here, there and everywhere, there's always going to be an issue. Like, I don't yeah. feel like, I don't feel like, I feel like at one point we were just putting up youth clubs as that was the only option to solve it. It's yeah, not so- that, that youth club stuff probably annoys me. But don't get it wrong, it does work for some kids, but I feel like we've gone, we've gone past that now. Yeah. These kids are not like, they're not, at 15, I had a phone, I went out to the shop, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go on the street, I didn't hang on the streets, I, didn't, I wasn't like, I wasn't doing big people things, like, do you know what I mean? These people are living on, like, they're on, like, living movie lives, like, proper gangster movie like, I, I didn't do that. And I know a I lot of people so. did, <laughs> and I know a lot of people didn't do that. So I just feel like this, it's a multi-agency press, it's not just the police, it's schools that need to get involved, it's social services, it's parents, and it's actually the community. Like, there's so many things where we can just work together and get, like, and have a better communication and get the job done, but it's, People have this big perception that, oh, well, it's the police's job, they need to deal with it, but how can we when yeah, all these other... Re- yeah, you're more of the reaction service rather than the prevention service. Well, we should be preventing, like, but, like, and, we, mean, do, like, and we do try, but, like... It's difficult to prevent. It's like, difficult to prevent when all these other partner agencies who should be involved are not doing their jobs. Yeah. Not, I should you know what? They're not saying they're not doing their jobs, but I'm saying 
they can play a more part. Pressure, need, more pressure needs to be put on them as much as it's being put onto the police. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But if it, okay, last thing about this topic, your thoughts on stop and search? My thoughts, honestly, opinion, unpopular opinion. Stop and searches work. I have seen zombie knives, machetes. I've seen all sorts being taken off kids, and I just think to myself. If that was left on you, what would have happened? Mm. You don't know how many people, like, it's not even that, like, firearms, like, you see all those things that get taken off people and you just think to yourself, like, like, how could you have that? How, how did you even hide that on your body, first of all? Mm. I've seen, like, machetes going past people's knees and I just think to myself, what's going on there? Like, but they do work. When I come in them Zelda knives. But, like, it's, it's not a joke, like, they do work and I do feel like, if when done correctly, they see, are See, this great. is my issue because, Personally, growing up um, as a young man in London, mm-hmm. the people that were very intent and had a reputation for using the weapons mm-hmm. would never ever get caught. Mm-hmm. They're smarter than that. Mm-hmm. that. That's my thing. That's why I, they will either not carry it or they'll go okay. to parties. They'll go to parties and if anything comes off, they'll tell someone to bring it or, or they'll it's hide the like, well, You said they tell someone to bring it, they don't normally hold it themselves. Yeah. yeah. The people that they give it to, would you agree majority of the time they're younger and more Yeah, naive? more impressionable, yeah. Exactly. And so sometimes when you stop and search these kids, they, they you don't even have to do anything. They give it up themselves because they're, they're really shaking because they know what's going to happen. That's my, yeah, see, yeah, see, I understand that because I, I think I saw like 20, 17% of weapons get removed. 17% of stop and search um, result weapons being removed. Okay, cool. My thing is that, um, I, I don't. I barely know another black man who hasn't been stopped and search. Mm-hmm. I know uncles. When I say uncles, I mean men who are in their fifties mm-hmm. being stopped, taking out their cars to be stopped and search. So, but I think so. If we're four hundred percent more likely to be stopped and search, mm-hmm. and you ask me a question about what I call the police if I heard my friends about to get mm-hmm. stabbed, and you've spoken about at length about your family's um, mm. feelings towards the police, mm-hmm. so I think some things. Like, do you not think that things like stop and search because they are done so ineffectively? All they do is further disenfranchise people like me from the police. And how do you effectively stop and search rather than kind of the target hunting? That's what it seems like. Do you so, know what? You make a good point. Like, I can of course see I where do. You're it's com- dishonest. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get where you're coming from completely. But I feel like, from my perspective, the thing, like, the weapons that I've seen, like, honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish that 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 item to be used on my worst enemy mm. do you know what I mean like I've seen some like, really horrific things I've seen some like like I've seen knives covered in acid do you know what I mean what like people have they've got an agenda and I just feel like knives covered in acid it's, so when the person is stabbed it like no 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 it, 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 takes, it takes longer there, to there's heal there's no beef that's that deep there's well, no you, you say that, but like these, that's I've seen. We've seen things like that. We we get things like even that. ISIS don't even have them type of weapons. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but but like, so I feel like no matter what happens, I feel like I'm always gonna be saying stop and search because I feel like when you do it and you get weapons back, you have prevented something potentially happening. But don't get me wrong. The other day, a boy, a young boy was stopped and searched and he had two knives on him. And I was talking to him. Do you know what? He's like, he's had a, he's admitted that he's been an idiot in the past. Like he wants to get back on track. He was a young boy, he was still in school. He wants to get back on track, he's trying to turn his life around. I was like, but why have you got these two knives? And he said like, my friends got stabbed. They're both alive, but they got stabbed too. My friend got stabbed recently. And I was just like, I can see why, obviously, for he's, he's brought them out for protection reasons. I can understand that. Well, I can't. I can understand it, but I don't, I don't agree with it. 
because I feel like number one, you didn't need two knives, right? That that was a bit excessive. Fucking one drops. <laughs> Give me a break. But um, and two, it's just like. What if there's two pagans? Okay, no, no, I should, be, I should be making jokes. Sorry. It's just I don't want to talk to you. It's like you had like. I, I get what has happened, but it's like when do you say no? Do you know what I mean? It's like he's got a knife, someone else has got a knife. Do you know what I mean? People mm. are always going to have a knife to protect themselves. Mm, from each other. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, what, okay. Um, before we move on, how do you take away the racial profiling, which it can is under, like the data is undeniable, 400% more likely. Okay. How do you remove that? Is that even possible oh, to- Oh yeah, I was going to say something like that. No, carry on. Um, okay. Every borough is different. Don't get me wrong. And, um, Let's, for example, let's say this. Say you work in a borough which is predominantly black and gangs is a main issue and majority of the gangs, and when I say majority, I say 90% of the gangs are of black backgrounds, right? Do you not feel like those people, but do you not feel like people who- How do you detect a gang member? Pardon? How do you detect a gang member? If I see someone pass something to a crackhead, I'm okay, joking. Yeah, I'm joking. Yeah, do you know what I mean? No, 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 no. But, because um, like people, come no, up. but it's not. It's not just affecting gang. Like I, I feel like when you work in a borough, and bearing in mind gangs, they don't. They can't go everywhere. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like they can't go everywhere. You you start to like familiarize yourself with faces. You st- you come across the same people. Okay, that's like, that's that's fair. But okay, cool. My thing is that. There's people like me, my younger brothers. I didn't actually finish what I was going to say originally, but carry oh, okay, on. Go on no, no, I can't remember what I was going to say, but I oh. feel like I want to go back. No, that's what I was going to say. Okay, I said, okay, so when you work yeah. in a borough where 90% of the gangs, let's say, for this example, for 90% of the gangs are black, mm-hmm. do you not think that the statistics are going to show that you're probably stopping searching a lot more black people who fit that sort of bracket and age category and demographic that matches the gangs? Um, I'll... Yes. But I'm not sure what type of borough that ninety percent of them are like, or of the gangs are like, because I don't think I can think of an area. Because like even in North London, you got mm. the Turkish gangs, yeah, no, you got the Albanian that. gangs, you got the Asian gangs, like you got the typical white British gangs. I feel like why I, I know why, like I'm, I I I could tell, like I've heard police people talk on the radio, like they say certain type of attire, but. If you look at the tire, which is tends to be track um, mm. track suits, trainers, mm. that's that's the in thing now. But no, no. So but, what? So let me let me finish. So like, on. why if if I wear a track suit, mm. literally I could wear the same track mm-hmm. suit, the same pair of Nike ninety sevens as a white gentleman, for example, and he will look trendy, and I look like somebody who needs to be stopped and searched. Mm-hmm. So I want to know why many people that I know who have never got involved in crime are often stopped, like often stopped and searched. Okay. So like, there's a mo- like, there's so many answers for this. Give us a few of them. I'll give you a few. Sometimes when people call the police, they give it like, I know you're saying stop and search, but most people think, oh, I'm stopping searching you because you're a gang member, I'm looking for weapons, stuff like that. You can, be stop- you can be stopping a person and searching them for any item. Like, listen, like when someone ever stops and search you, listen to what they're actually looking for. They'll say a specific act and they'll tell you. Yeah, so, um, so hello. There was a robbery forty-five miles oh, away. No, but, no, but listen, but you match the description. Oh my god! But that's the thing. You match the description. Some people call. No, but some people call up with such the vaguest, most generic descriptions. Like, I've had people call up and say, "Oh, um, I'm looking for a black male." Um, like you said, in a tracksuit. 
and it's just like well do you have anything more than that like that's 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 what's been circulated to us yeah. and, we're, and we're just like well for, for most part actually I don't think I've ever worked with an officer actually no yeah I will get to that story afterwards but mm. like for the most part when something so generic and vague comes out like that we normally don't do it because it's just like that could be literally anyone yeah unless for some reason like it's like you there's other there's other things going into it like you're acting a specific you're acting a certain way or you're in the area or like you just see us and run yeah then there they may be more but if we're just going on a generic description like that then most cases we don't do it because it's just like well that's not enough grounds for us okay. however like going back to that that's sometimes a description people but people don't also people don't remember think that like cctv like our cctv are as active as us on the radios cctv will point out someone and we'll have to go there they'll say oh this has happened that happened mm. we haven't seen it but obviously cctv have watched it and then we go over to that person and they'll we'll be on the radio saying oh is it this person is it this person and they'll be like yeah yeah okay whatever they could they could have seen something like obviously the cameras are from distance sometimes they could have thought they've seen a, a drug deal and it's not been a drug deal it's just been an exchange of the items mm. but we've still got to pursue it because they've said that so we can't ignore that mm. so people just think oh we stop a car oh my gosh we see a black boy let's get out however I will admit, like one time I went on, I was when I first started, and then, like the topic of stop and search just came up. And to be honest, my opinion was exactly the same as yours before I started. I felt like they're wrong, like I don't really feel like I want to do it, and blah blah blah. And I remember this what this person said just made it even worse for me. Like he was just like, oh well, um, this person said like, oh, you've got enough grounds to um, stop and search a black male in a grey tracksuit. Um, they're looking like a gang member. I just thought to myself, I'm not gonna be funny, but I could be stopping searching my brothers, stop and search my cousin, I could even stop and search my dad at one point. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You could stop and search anyone. I didn't agree with that at all. And I feel like when things like that come up, you have to challenge it because where does it come from? Educate people. And that's why I feel like more black people should join the police. At the end of the day, there are some people in there who cannot see like the levels. Like, I feel like I can confidently tell a gang member from your average black boy. And from your average black boy that just likes the police yeah there's, yeah, there's, yeah. there's yeah, differences yeah, there's, there's complete different levels yeah right and i feel like there's some people in the force that may not see those different levels they just see it as most, like generic most probably don't but i feel like how will that ever change unless diversity is within the force i can't like all i can do is educate people about my culture as best as i can and say like i don't think that's a person i don't think that person's about that life do you know what i mean yeah that's what i can do because i can i, I feel like i can confidently recognize levels mm. And then same for them. They can tell me about things from their cultures, the like Asian cultures or um, white cultures that I never knew and stuff mm. like that. That's how you learn. But I th that's why I come to the point again, like it's so important that more black people join the force for us because like we bring diversity and we educate each other. I think a lot of things will change. Like a lot of these stop and searching boys that really don't really have any business being stop and search in terms of like gang affiliation and things like that would change because you'd have someone helping them and like, I'm not saying like, just because you're not black, you can't recognize gang members. I'm just saying for some people that they can't recognize the different levels. And yeah. I feel like that would change if we just educated them. Okay, cool, that's enough of that topic, okay, cool. Finally, um, um, sexual assault. So for example, um, sexual assault has been a topic on social media for about a week or so. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get into that because you give people who it's suffer. It's mad. Yeah, you give people who suffer their, um, what do you call it? Privacy and, and respect. Yeah. And their respect. That's a perfect word. Um, so I think I must have tweeted that uh, one thing I would like to see is I'd like to see um, more young ladies 
who suffer from this actually go to the police. And I said, granted, I'm not very well versed mm-hmm. with the with the process and how things are taken up. Mm-hmm. And literally, I got flooded with so, and it was like 99.9% the same message. Um, I'm not gonna go into details, I've seen some people even reached out and told me their personal experiences, but mm-hmm. that's not for public consumption. But people talking about how they go there and they feel like there's no support they feel like they feel like police don't care. Mm. They just take some DNA sometimes, maybe give them a close back months later. Mm. But they feel like I think some people said because of the nature of the crime is very hard for the police. Mm. But most people kind of said, and these are things I've heard from my own friends yeah. as well who've been unfortunate to suffer from this, that the police don't take it seriously enough. Mm-hmm. So um, I would like to ask you your thoughts on that. Um, on these remarks i feel like sexual offenses are taken quite seriously to be honest like i it's one of my weak spots i feel like in the job you see things and they can be your weak spots and i feel like sexual offenses are one of my weak spots because i just feel like i've in the past been in similar positions and i feel like it's only when i joined the police i've realized certain things that have happened to me are actually criminal offenses okay back then i just thought to myself you know what this is just an unfortunate situation I've okay got so give me is there if you are you comfortable in saying what you think? Uh, yeah, I could, yeah. So just so just in case people, so somebody's listening, thinking that this is not worth going to the police for when it actually is. Okay. Okay. So this is one of many of my experiences, but I suppose this is the most recent. I would say. Um. So I'd been like seeing this guy. And we'd been seeing each other for a while. Um, well, not I wouldn't say a while, but like um, for a few months. So, and we'd just been like going on dates and everything was fine. Like there was no like, nothing sexual happened. Obviously we'd kiss, but like it was just dates and stuff like, it was just dating. It was just like nice getting to know that person. And um, he invited me back to his house, like, like, not after we'd gone out with that, like, he just invited me on one day to his house to like, like watch like Netflix, but like genuine Netflix, because yeah, I definitely love Netflix. But like, so I went there and um, it was just watching a movie and things like that. And then um, kind of tried it on me and I said no. And then it got to a point like, so we started off kissing and stuff like that. And then um, he kind of said that he wanted to do something like basically implied he wanted to have sex and I've said no that's not gonna happen and bearing in mind like I'm a person when I if I you you, you will know I'm not comfortable because I will keep my shoes I never keep my shoes on in anyone's house I think it's so disgusting mm. but if I have my shoes on and my coat then best believe I'm not comfortable and in that moment my coat and shoes were definitely on mm. and I felt like I was not comfortable even though like I even though like leading up to this day I'd been fine with him there'd been no no issues whatsoever and just just in that moment I did just didn't feel comfortable being in there in that situation and I felt like his actions just enforced that because he didn't wouldn't necessarily take no for an answer to the point where like at one point I was pinned down and I just felt like what like I, in my head I literally thought like oh, like I'm, I'm not getting raped today I, I cannot get raped today like I was literally so upset and I feel like I before I used to be like I'd be like that. This would never happen to me. Not to say that like 
girls who it happens to they ask for it but I feel like there was no signs that this person was like that that mm. I, I could have picked up on to prevent it like it just sort of like happened and I found myself I was just in this situation where this guy was just and he was like not say I'm not the smallest girl but like I'm about five six but this guy was about six foot two and he was like quite like fat not fat no he wasn't fat but he was like quite like big it was well built and to have that pressure down on you and like I just in that moment I just thought to myself I'm like I can't get raped I don't know how but I managed to get away and I just literally bolted out the door and I remember him running after me and I'm just I just kept running and running and running and then I like I remember thinking shit like I've left my house keys there and I just thought to myself there's no way I'm going back so at that moment I just texted that person saying look be in my house keys and then I called my Uber from wherever I was and I went home but then that day I just thought to myself this particular person, like I thought I knew well enough, well, well enough to be in your house. Yeah. And you just showed me like a complete different side. But unfortunately that, that, that experience for me is one of many, like something similar like that, that happened when I was 15, something like that happened when I was in uni. Like it's happened multiple times. And I just feel like before I would never think that was like, I just think it was like an unfortunate situation. Now I feel like that's attempted rape. And it feels weird to say it because it's so like, so I feel like some people, in the back of my head, I feel like some people say, oh, she's being so dramatic, but I don't think it's dramatic because I've seen things like that. Escalate. Yeah. And additionally, like people think, people don't really understand how it makes you feel unless it's actually happened to you or unless they can actually sympathize with you. Some people just think, oh, like, got over it. But like being in that situation where you literally have no control and then you just feel like the what you just imagine the worst that thing that's going to happen to you then you you just literally feel like that stays with you and it kind of affects your other relationship later on in life because you feel like well am i going to be put in this situation or can i trust this person again and it's just it's just not a nice feeling so i always say to all women like whatever you go for not even just women because i hate this thing men as well there's so many men that get sexually assaulted that just knock it off because they have this masculine perception that they can't be like offended or hurt by this like but it's it like it doesn't matter your gender you should you should report it because anyone that can make you feel in that way deserves to be punished yeah. and don't get me wrong i i have there are cases where like people have reported and i feel like it hasn't they haven't got the outcome they wanted but not necessarily is that the police's fault i feel like once the police submit all the evidence it goes to cps after that that's we have cps crown prosecution service okay so that's the courts and they will make the decision whether that person goes to prison or not all we can do is um, submit all our information and like evidence but in terms of like women feeling that they weren't supported i feel that's really unfortunate because we have our own sexual offenses um unit that deal specifically with sexual offences from all types and all types of backgrounds, but obviously um, officers that are like, let's say, um, response officers who answer the calls are the ones that do the initial investigation. Yeah. And as a female, I've dealt with a lot of um, sexual assaults from rape to just, um, well, not to just, but from, from rape. Uh, or all the way to um, like just someone like sort of squeezing like a private groping, part, groping. yeah, groping basically. Yeah. So I've exp I've seen all the, the I've seen the different effects that it can have on a person. I don't feel like any case is less valid. I mean, yeah, it still counts. And I feel like some people feel like they shouldn't report it because they know that person. And I've been in so many cases where I've had to like where I've tried. I've not 
because I hate I, I, I don't want to put pressure on a victim at the end of the day it's their decision but I've come across women who ha have basically reported that they have been raped and um, because they know the person it's like they've reported it but they don't want to say who it is but they know who it is yeah, and, yes. and it's like I, I, I can't help you as best I can I'm able to unless you tell me who it is obviously we can take t evidence we can take DNA and things like that but if that person is on the system already how are we going to find them unless you tell us so in cases like that I feel like even if like and this is to all women if you have been sexually assaulted and men if you've been sexually assaulted by someone that you know don't hesitate to call the police on them or report them because at the end of the so at the end of the day, if someone you supposedly know can put you in a situation like that, then they don't deserve your friendship, they don't deserve your protection at all because they didn't think about you when they were doing those actions. Okay, um, so um, I, you're saying that we should, not we should, yeah, but like people who fall victim should contact the police. Mm -hmm. But people are saying that nothing happens and like, especially when they, when it's just a he, their word against the mm -hmm. um, the accuser's words. So what? What? How do you convince these people to still come forth if they have this? It's not. I wouldn't really say convincing. Like, you, like realistically, you have to manage people's expectations, mm. and that's that's what we, we know. We are trained basically not to like gas anything up to you, not to mm. say, yeah, you know what, report it. He's going away. It's done. Mm. It's all done we have to be realistic manage people's expectations tell them if you think that it might not go anywhere you have to tell people that um in terms of like people reporting and thinking it's not gone anywhere or it's his word against mine it's hard to say because it's each individual case is different all i can think is if you've given all the evidence you can and you've submitted that and that person has been charged and it's gone to cps after that we have no involvement it's mm. all down to the crowns like the, uh, the crown service mm. we it's unfortunate because there's so many cases that we've like submitted and we thought we think to ourselves, look, that person's gonna get it. They deserve it now. They're gonna get it. There's all this evidence and they haven't. And it's just it's like all our hard work that we put in because it's not like you sit down and you report a sexual offence and that's it. Like there's a lot of background work that we do to try and get that person, especially if there's a lack of like information, especially if it might be like the person didn't know the per like the person didn't know the victim didn't know the suspect at all or like. At the time, they weren't. Um, they didn't have the full capacity to remember like a good description of them. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into that yeah. just to try to sort of find that person. So when we don't get the like, when you don't get the outcome, and we don't get the outcome, it's like we're in the same boat. But it's not down to us when you pass it on to the Crown Prosecution yeah. Service. Okay. Sorry. But I wouldn't say like just because it doesn't go in. Don't think that oh, if it happens again, God forbid, if it happens again to you, don't think that not to report it. You should always report it because you don't know like. In certain cases, you could be one of many, yeah, and that kind of builds up a like a, a profile for that suspect. Like Bill Cosby. Oh, please, can we not go there? Yeah, that's they, they pammed his ass, man. Oh um, gosh. but okay, cool. So, in terms of like unfortunate young women and not even just young women, um, men and women who have, of course, many women, but you know, what I mean, that have actually been victims of this. Mm -hmm. In terms of that, like, what would what would your advice be in terms of when it comes to reporting? Um, do it in okay I'd say do it in your own time but this is just one thing that I, this is just one thing to bear in mind basically something like 
if there's if it's a sexual offence where there's um, DNA that um, that could be from like an actual rape or someone just ejaculating on you or spreading any sort of fluid on you, it's best to like go to and report it within seventy two hours just because for DNA purposes. Okay. However, at the end of the day, some people are not. After, after 72 hours you know, you may not be ready to even leave your bedroom do you know what yeah, I mean of course, you have to go in your own time if you have the clothes keep the clothes and don't wash them preserve them like if you know you're not going to report it anytime like in that week chuck them in a corner where you don't have to look at them and keep them and when you go to report it bring them in obviously that's not realistic in most cases but I'd say all in all go in your own time and go when you're ready because for some people it's they say it's like going through the whole thing again, having to open up. Mm. Especially like I've been to cases where like it's happened within marriages wow. and like you go there for like you go there for something completely different and then you have this woman telling you about she's been raped repeatedly for like for over years and this is the first time she's talking to police. Wow. So it, you have to be ready to do it because it's it's not gonna be the easiest process. But once it's done it does feel like a weight off your shoulder. Okay, um, is there any like helplines or websites? Yeah, so like when you do report things like that, we've got like, we've got 24 hour charities, we've got hostels, we've got haverings, we've got places, we've got groups, meetings, specifically for women or men, well basically specifically for victims, where they can go and like speak to someone, they can um, speak to others who have experienced it like them, they can get receive counselling, there's 24 hotlines, you don't know these th- things can make anyone go suicidal there's 24 hour hotlines for people like that there's places that people can go to feel supported that aren't people in uniform they're just people dressed like everyday people on the street okay good okay thank you so i'm gonna i'll get those off you those specifics so i can put them in the description of my podcast um okay cool and you've across this podcast you've been moving like a recruiter for <laughs> people to join the police so convince us why should let's say i don't know they could be 14 15 or even 20 might want a young career switch maybe 30 whatever how how old they are give me reasons why as a um not just as a black person as a black person why you should um why it's important for you to attempt to join the police force okay i feel like there are so many black people out there who have got the necessary skills to be a police officer, like good time management, investigation skills. You could sympathise with other- Time management, you got that skill? I don't think you should talk to me right now. (laughs) All right, cool. You could sympathise with other, you've got investigative skills. You've got all of those, but because of the stigma that you have of the police, you don't want to go there. And to be honest, it's the police's loss because there's so many great people that could like make it a better force. Mm. And at the end of the day, like I said, if you want things to change, you need to you need to join to bring diversity and educate others. At the end of the day, there's 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 people in there that their only sort of interge- like inter- interaction with certain ethnic minorities is in a negative capacity, like yeah. on the street. Yeah, they haven't got friends of different backgrounds, and I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna lie and say I've got like like a diverse set of friends. I've got two white friends, and one of them is even mixed race. So I think it's even cheeky for me to call her white. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, rude <laughs> but because I went to like predominantly white schools, like secondary and primary, I've experienced it, but I feel like for others, they haven't. So I feel like if you want to make changes in people's perception of the black community, the only way you can do that is by working alongside them and learning from each other 
And that's not gonna happen unless more black people join the police. Additionally, I feel like it's always nice to see a familiar face in your own community. I feel like people always open up to people who they look familiar to. Like, when you go to a shop, sometimes you might see a black, like someone black um, on the shop floor, you might go up to them and think, oh, like, do you know what, can you help me with this? Because you know that person's got similarities to you. I feel like that always helps when people open up. Additionally, I think it's so good to see, I, I think it would be so good to see young black men from London on the streets helping these young boys who are going through a crisis right now, because that's the only thing you can call it. Because that sort of role model can have a, such a positive effect. And I feel like, once again, it's not gonna happen unless more black people join the police. It's the money good. And the money is good, the money is great. Well, it's not great, it's, it's good, it's good. And if you go in there, you're, gonna, you're always gonna better yourself. There's so many courses and skills that you're gonna learn. How many holidays pay you? Pardon? What's your holidays pay? Holidays paid, sick days paid. I mean, but what, how many holidays days do you get per year? You get a month, 28 days. 28? And your pay goes up each year you're there. Okay, I think that's more than nine, that's a bit mad still. Mm. Um, what else would I like to, hmm, what else do you need to know about job? Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous, but if you're one of those people, like, well, no, it is. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't. But like, if you're one of those people that, like, you can hack it, like, you want like you want your day to be different every day. You yeah. want to see different, a variety of different things. You want to, like, experience a variety of different things. You want to come across new people and things like that and learn. And you can't sit at a desk and do a nine-to-five. Like, I can't, I can't sit at a desk and do a nine-to-five all day. I All I do is eat. Well, I eat when I'm out there anyway, but... If I was at a desk, honestly, I'd have a tuck shop next to me. So if you're one of those people that need to be active and you want to experience like things daily, then of course it's the right job for you. Additionally, don't like, don't ever think that it's not a lot of paperwork because it is. It's, there's still a lot of paperwork there. People don't realize how much paperwork police actually do, but it's a lot. But it's a good mixture. At the end of the day, you're never going to be bored. Like your day's always going to change and there's going to be new experiences and new people that you come across and you're going to learn so much. Okay, that's quite a decent plug. So, is that's, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of recruitment website. I'll slack. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, PC Plod. Oh, sorry, PC Anod. Why did you say that? It's a bit sorry, mean. Sorry, sorry, PC, PC Anod. Is that, is that like a really mean thing to say to a police officer, PC Plod? Well, it makes me seem like... No, I don't like it. It makes me seem like old. You know, old. Like, you know, not old. I'm not. Right. I think you're older than me, mate. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you, PC... I mean, PC Anod for coming on and sharing your perspective that was quite a decent podcast you're welcome um, and yeah hopefully we'll see more people like well not like you but more black people in the police force from all ethnic minorities would be great but you know black as well yeah for the black community thank you Podcast Network.